From Boise to Middleton, the 5A and 4A Southern Idaho Conferences feature 20 of the largest schools in Idaho. Highlighting the big plays and big stories from Idaho's biggest schools, this is the SIC PrepCast with Wayne DeZubak. That's right. Welcome into another edition of the SIC PrepCast on IdahoSports.com. Brandon Bainey joined by Wayne DeZubak as always. Wayne, how was your, uh, how did the holidays treat you? I was doing great, man. We're all holidayed out. I mean, I'm ready to get into January, get into some regular season stuff. You know, holiday tournaments are fun, but uh, they are just what they are. They're holiday tournaments. And uh, so now it's time to get serious because, hey, the gals are a couple of weeks ahead of the boys. So now, I mean, they've really only got really the better part of a month, maybe five, five and a half weeks left before they really start getting to the district. And the guys got about seven weeks before they're in the district. So it's time to kind of put it all together now and see what you can do. Yeah, uh, it, the holidays and the holiday tournaments are kind of like uh, similar in terms of we stuff ourselves full until we can't oh, yeah. handle anymore, right? Yeah. Oh, I mean, I had a whole, I had the Oahe Classic, and then of course they had the North versus the South. Uh, that's what I was calling it. Situation last week where Coeur d'Alene, Post Falls, and uh, Lake City came down and played Meridian, Eagle, and Bishop Kelly, kind of a round robin tournament. Uh, and I just parked out there at Meridian High School. And we saw Lake City, the number one team in the state, play. We saw Post Falls, Coeur d'Alene. Man, I'll tell you what, Lake City looks good. And Coeur d'Alene, they came to play last week. Uh, they played real well against Bishop Kelly, won that one by 21. And then they they really stopped on uh, Meridian, the defending state champs, who, by the way, lost eight players from last year's team. So I have to throw that out there, including Brody Roberry who was the uh, player of the year last year. He was at the tournament. He was at there all three days. Uh, he looks pretty good. He's lost about 50 pounds. If you remember Brody, he was a great big tall, but he was kind of heavy as well. Didn't move very quickly, but boy, I tell you what, he's taking the weight off. He's at prep school right now in the Midwest and, and get ready for the future for him. So he looked pretty good. Yeah. There's a lot of exciting stuff going on in basketball, uh, in the treasure valley especially with those 5a 4a schools so uh this is the first time we we've sat down and done this in like a couple of weeks um sure our our loyal listeners and viewers may be wondering where were you guys at last week they were calling me all week long where are you where are you yeah not taking, <laughs> taking the holidays off. Well, um, I'll just quickly uh, explain why we didn't have a podcast last week. Uh, that is because I got sick um, mm-hmm. right like the day after Christmas. Uh, both my wife and I both got sick and we uh, later discovered it was the, the Omicron variant of oh, COVID-19, really? Wayne. So, yeah, it was, a, it was a rough week, 10 days, whatever you want to call it, and st- still kind of slowly working back, but feeling good enough to podcast at least. So. Yeah, you look fine. You look fine. Yeah, I mean, you're ready to go. I wouldn't have known any difference. Yeah, well, except for the absence uh, that we weren't here last week, but yeah. otherwise, uh, feeling good. So, uh, from uh, one medical condition to another, the the top story we wanted to to hit today, and this has really been making the rounds in, in the last uh, couple of days, is Cody Pickett, the uh, head boys basketball coach at Eagle High School. This is his second year as the boys coach. He was the girls coach prior to that. Right. And and we saw, you know, all of these messages for for support and and saying, hey, we're we're with you, Cody. And and so finally on on his personal Twitter account, he he kind of uh, put a link to a Facebook post and said, here's what's going on. And uh, basically, you know, he he's having uh, some, some medical problems, Wayne, and, and serious stuff. But I, I think they caught it early enough. And I, I think uh, we're certainly our, our thoughts and prayers are with the Pickett family, but but uh, kind of a kind of a scary deal. 
Yeah, since he put it out there, it's pretty safe to say that's okay to say because his wife put it out on Facebook that he's got some heart issues. He's got the LAD artery, which is basically the main artery that goes through your heart that is more blocked than they thought it might be blocked. And so they're trying to figure out what exactly to do with it. Uh, you know, so I kind of, uh, I, I tweeted over to uh, Cody about my situation. It's very similar. I had that eight years ago where it was completely blocked. And I got lucky and it didn't drop me and, uh, you know, put me down for a bit. And uh, so I'm going through all that. In fact, they want me to go through an MRI right now to see if they can open it up because it is the main artery. But I was fortunate that we had some ingredients in my my body that allowed me to uh, create some vessels that took the blood in a different direction. And so they're not sure what to do with Cody yet. And so I was just telling him that a lot of situations, you know, very similar to what I had. I had a complete blockage. He was a little bit more than 70%, according to what they, they say. But uh, he'll, they'll make the right decision. They'll do the right things. He's in good hands. And uh, there's a lot of things they can do. And that's kind of what I needed to tell them about. Eight years later, they've got a procedure now that they feel more comfortable with, that they can reopen it. And so they want to see if I'm a good candidate uh, for that. So there's a lot of things we can do. And uh, Cody just got to hang in there. Uh, he's got to stop having these uh quadruple four overtime games like he did against Hawaii recently. I mean, that'll give anybody, you know, heart problems. Definitely. Uh, and uh, his wife, Carly, uh, made the post on, on Facebook uh, describing the situation. It, it all came about because uh, one of Cody's uncles um, passed away earlier this year uh, from a heart attack. So, you know, he said, well, genetics and all that. It's better to go in and get it looked at, you know, take a look under the hood, make sure everything's working. Okay. So I, I think that was great that they took this preventative step and caught this early on. Um, Carly's post says, we'll meet with a surgeon on Wednesday to find out what the next steps are. I just keep praying that maybe they were wrong. Maybe something was overlooked. Maybe there is something else that can be done. We will know on Wednesday. That is tomorrow. We're recording this on Tuesday afternoon. So uh, our thoughts and prayers certainly with the, with the Pickett family. And, and it's good, Wayne, that you can be, um, a resource for the pickets as they navigate through this uh, uncertain time as somebody who has experienced something similar. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I saw him, like I say, before that game. And when you look at Cody Pickett, he's a tall guy. I mean, I sit there, I wish I was half as tall as he is because, you know, he's a sturdy guy. He, he's not overweight or anything like that. So, I mean, he is not. If you look at him, you would not have any reason to believe he'd be a candidate for heart trouble. So, guys, take that into consideration, you know, no matter how you know, how much you work out, what you do, watch what you eat, watch what you do, because you never know. There could be some genetics in there that uh, cause the problem. And in Cody's case, I think that's probably more the, the case than, you know, lifestyle is genetics. Yeah. My, my introduction to uh, Cody Pickett, I don't know him personally, but obviously I didn't grow up in Idaho, so I didn't know he was from Idaho. But I remember watching him play quarterback at uh, the University of Washington um, in the early 2000s. And then he played in the NFL for a while. He was uh, like a third string quarterback with the yeah. San Francisco 49ers. But what I remember most is that despite being the third string quarterback in San Francisco, he was on the kickoff team. <laughs> and so to watch this third string QB, you know, yeah. run downfield on the kickoff team was something pretty cool to see. So well, you got to go back for me. I go back when he was just like uh, his boots were bigger than him. I, I remember him way back when because his dad's D Pickett, who is a rodeo champion. And I covered D for many years at the Snake River Stampede and interviewed him and did some stuff with him. So uh, I've known the Pickett family for a long time uh, out there on Chicken Dinner Road. So, uh, you know, and it's it's so it's really good. It's, it was good to talk to him, even though it was through Twitter, because I haven't seen him personally since that game a couple of weeks ago. 
when I talked to him there and I didn't know about the situation, but yeah, uh, my best. And if I can be any help, Cody, if you're watching this, uh, just give me a call. You got my number. Yeah. And you can watch this a couple of different ways on the IdahoSports.com YouTube channel or the uh, Facebook page. You can also get the audio only version of this prep cast at IdahoSports.com or wherever you download your podcasts. Speaking of boys basketball, you know, Eagle is a very good team, right? Seven and two overall, three and one in conference play. They got that win over Hawaii. And, and yet, you know, to me, I think in a lot of people's minds, Hawaii is still the team to beat. They're six and three overall, three and one in the conference with that lone loss to Eagle. So, where, where I mean, you you saw these two teams. Where, where, do you, where does Eagle and Hawaii stack up in your mind? Well, obviously, the one game I saw them go head to head, it was a four overtime game. So, I'll give you an idea. It was at Eagle. Uh, and uh, why he lost Jack Payne early in that game. He went out with five fouls. Uh, I can't I believe it was late in the third or early in the fourth. Can't remember. It's been a couple of weeks now. But the bottom line is they, they missed him for all of one quarter and four overtime. So he was out. But uh, you know what? They look good. Here's the thing. It's really hard to judge because Eagles are more veteran team with Donovan Jones and Gage Jones and people like that. Landon White. They've got a lot of, you know, veterans. But Hawaii is just a young whippersnapper of a team. At one point, they had three freshmen, a sophomore, and a junior on the court. Can you believe that? I mean, that's amazing what they can do. And uh, one of their sophomores, Liam Campbell, uh, just got an offer from USC, Southern Cal. And that had to come from him playing down in that Damien Classic down in Southern California uh, because I'm sure they had scouts all over the place in that thing. Uh, Damien's one of the top teams in California, but also a highly ranked team nationwide. So they got to see Liam Campbell said, whoops, this guy's a sophomore. We like him a lot. And also on that team, Jack Payne has committed to Colorado State. So, yeah, that tells you a little bit about that. And then they got a kid named Jackson Rasmussen, who's 6'7", and he's, oh, by the way, a ninth grader, and he's 6'7". So, yeah, they've got a young team, Andy Harrington, um, trying to get them all together. I agree by the end of the year, they could be phenomenal. Certainly next year, they're going to be outstanding. Yeah. You mentioned a young team, two seniors, Jack Payne and uh, Braden Hansen, couple, couple of juniors, including Titus Bailey, who was a starter yeah. for capital as a freshman and sophomore and transferred in. He's, he's a key cog. And then Matt, Max Saavedra is another guy yeah. that I've been keeping an eye on for a while. He's a yeah. freshman, 5'10", kind of handles the ball out front, and uh, he, he's been a fun guy to watch this Brandon, year as well. He's, he's their point guard. He doesn't kind of handle it. He handles it all the time. You know, Max Saavedra, in fact, his real first name is like spelled M-A-C-H-E-O-N, and we kept asking, how do you pronounce it? How do you pronounce it? And the coaches said, we just call him Mac. You call him Mac, you'll be okay. But Max Saavedra, a freshman, so they had him out there. They had Rasmussen out there as a freshman. They had, you know, Campbell out there as a sophomore yeah, you can see what they're doing, and they're they're hanging tough with everybody, and they're playing well because they did well in that Damian Classic. I think it's funny too. Uh, I got a copy of the Hawaii roster, and I'm sure you've seen it, Wayne. Um, when it, under position, they're all guards. <laughs> Every player on the roster is listed as a guard. So yeah, I don't know what that's all about, but that could be Coach Hartman. Who knows? I mean, or it's Coach Harrington, excuse me. <laughs> Right. Um, the the downside of having this gigantic 12-team conference in the 5ASIC is that uh, Eagle and Hawaii do not play each other again this year in the regular season. Yeah. And so uh, we would have to wait until districts uh, or maybe possibly even state uh, to, to see a rematch. So, um, And that may be a good thing in a way. I mean, I mean, because there's going to be some anticipation for that game. 
Because after four overtimes, and I guarantee you why he's chopping at the bit to get Eagle to get the Mustangs back after that game. Yeah, in terms of broadcasting and for the fans, yeah, I think that's a good setup for that, uh, for sure. So why he did go to the Damien Classic uh, at Damien High School in Laverne, California, uh, this past week, and they did really well. They went three and one down there. Their only loss was to the host, Damien High School, as you mentioned, a pretty nationally acclaimed school, and they only lost that game by three. 56 to 53. So uh, I think Hawaii went down there and really put the state of Idaho on the map with all these big time, you know, recruiters on the West coast. They're not used to teams coming from Idaho or players coming from Idaho and doing really well. So I, as a, an Idaho resident, I was very happy that Hawaii was able to go down there and represent the state so well. Yeah. And like we said, late Tuesday, it came out via Twitter that uh, Southern Cal has offered, you know, Liam Campbell a scholarship, and we already know that uh, Jack Payne is committed to Colorado State. So, you know, those two things right there say a whole lot. And then when you look at a six, seven freshman that starts and you look at, you know, uh, a freshman uh, point guard who starts, you, you got to figure, wow, what does Harrington have here? He's got a lot. So you mentioned as well, Wayne, that you were parked at Meridian High School last week uh, as the three teams from up north, Post Falls, Lake City, Coeur d'Alene, came down and played Meridian, Bishop Kelly, and was it was it Mountain View? Eagle. Meridian, Bishop Kelly, and Eagle. An Eagle. Okay, an Eagle. And um, came down and played played a, a little three-day, three games and three-day series. They all just kind of traded partners like yeah. they were on the dance floor. And then uh, – so so you kind of give us your impressions of the teams up north. Lake City looks good. Coeur d'Alene impressed you. Uh, what what about Meridian? They're the defending champs. They lost almost everybody. But what, what do you make of the Warriors? Well, what we did was we parked ourselves right there uh, courtside for three days at Meridian – mostly because we were selfish. We wanted to see the teams from up north. We never get to see them. You know, it's like I never really get to see Pocatello play, and I was able to do a game a couple of weeks ago. Just love Julian Bowie. think he's a great player, like what Pocatello has. But I don't get to see them that often. So we got to see Lake City, the number one team, uh, at 10-0 right now. We got to see Coeur d'Alene. They, won, they went 2-1 in this tournament, and we got to see Post Falls, who did go 0-3. Post Falls, a young team trying to get it together. But you asked me about Meridian. Here's the deal. It's hard to figure Meridian out right now because Jeff Sainer is not sure what he has because he lost so many people, eight people in all. He lost not only Brody Roberry, the player of the year last year, but he lost McKay Anderson, who was the MVP of the state championship game last year when they won that one against Lake City. They took Lake City into double overtime. So what's interesting is that the game before that was the Eagle Hawaii game that I did four overtimes. And then we had a two overtime game. So in two games, we did two games, six overtime periods. It was getting play half field. And I were like, oh, you got to be kidding me. Do we get holiday pay here or what do we get? You know, but anyway, but then they kind of stumbled a little bit. You know, they, they, they were able to beat post falls, but then they stumbled against Coeur d'Alene. They came out. But I got to say this, Coeur d'Alene's got a kid named Cameron Cope. He's signed with Weber State. He's going to go play football down there. It looks like a football player, but plays basketball just as hard. Uh, really good kid. And they came out and they played defense in your face. Take this and we're not going to apologize for it. They just came at these kids and they played defense. They jumped to a 10-0 lead and never trailed by less than 10 or never led by less than 10 points. So they came out. I, I was really impressed with what Coeur d'Alene did, whether they can maintain that all the way through. So I, I'd pay to see a Coeur d'Alene Lake City game. I really would. Yeah, I'm, I'm wondering a little bit if it was the third game in three days and maybe Meridian was just kind of gassed, especially well, against a team like Corlean. 
BK had looked pretty good during the tournament, and Cordelaine went in there and whipped him bad. I think final was 64 to 41, something like that. And 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 so they came in, and you could tell when they walked into the, the building at Meridian High School that they were Jack ready to play. And they came out, and they had so much energy. It was unbelievable. So it was a lot of fun to watch them. So, yeah, I think Meridian had kind of had it. I think they were wasted a little bit. They were down. Remember, you know, Davis Thacker's not playing right now. He's a guy that could really bring him a lot. 6'4", wide receiver from the football team. He's got injuries. He's not even suiting up, so he wasn't there. So they had to depend on Ethan Pierce and a couple of other people. The outside shot, they were kind of relegated to just outside shot, and it wasn't going in against Coeur d'Alene. And, you know, despite that 4-4 uh, four and four overall record, Meridian is 3-0 in the conference. Uh, yep. they, they only lost to Lake City by 6, 77-71. That must have been a fun game, a yeah, rematch of that title game. Two OTs, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, it was fun. Yeah. Um, and, and, and then they're 3-0 they're in the conference with a win over Eagle. 58 to 50. So I, I think they're going to be just fine. Now that win over Eagle didn't count in their conference record. They will play Eagle uh, on Tuesday, February 8th. That will be the game that counts in the conference standings, uh-huh. but still a win over Eagle early is a feather in the cap for Meridian yeah. and coach Sainer. I was just looking at my schedule to see if I have it on the eighth. I don't, I've got a Waihee at Mountain View, but uh, I may have to change that. <laughs> well, I, I don't know that a Waihee Mountain View game is probably going to be pretty good yeah. too. Yeah, it could be good. That's where we get to get figure out how to clone you again, Wayne. We were talking about during football season. You don't want to clone me. Nobody <laughs> wants to do that. Nobody should have to do that. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk about um, the the four A uh, SIC real quick for basketball. I think most people are still kind of pointing towards Middleton and Bishop Kelly. You know, they're the two teams that are are leading the charge. BK six and three. Middleton is six and one. And then, and then it's a pretty big drop off. Uh, you know, yeah. Nampa and Columbia are the two next best teams. They're both three and five. And I, I saw both of those teams at the Preston Indians classic. Um, and just from watching Middleton on IdahoSports.com uh, and Bishop Kelly on some film, mm-hmm. I, I think the Knights and Vikings are, are a little bit ahead of the rest of the league. Yeah, I think they are. I think they are right now. If you look at the uh, the latest polls that are out there, uh, Hillcrest and Middleton are tied for first, but and BK just kind of bopped in there. They're they're at number five right now at that six and three record. But I think you're right. You know, I've told I've said this about football. I'll say this about basketball. I'll say this about BK every time. Never count the Bishop Kelly Knights out. They are always there. They always have good athletes, and they're always competitive. And they're always gonna come at you. If you overlook them, you're going to be beat. It's that simple. So yeah, I think when push comes to shove uh, in the next month or so, BK will make a run for it. Middleton better beware. And I know they will be. I know that they, uh, they've got a new coach there, Nate Hartman. Uh, and, I, and that's, uh, so they're going to do a good job. So Middleton, like I say, tied with Hillcrest for number one right now. Yeah, that's in the uh, most recent poll. Uh, Caldwell is going to host Columbia tomorrow night. That's a uh, Wednesday, the 5th at 7.30 p.m. And they're going to have a really cool deal at halftime of that uh, Columbia Caldwell game. They're going to honor Damian Arguello, who has been such a, a standout on the on the soccer field for, for Caldwell. They're going to honor him at halftime, Wayne. Unbelievable. I mean, two-time state champion. Uh, I mean, he's going to be the Gatorade Player of the Year. That's the first time Caldwell's had a Gatorade Player of the Year in anything. And so they're pretty excited about it. 108 career goals for this guy. Brandon, uh, 28 goals this last season, a senior year with 14 assists. Uh, those are the stats on him. But the bottom line is what he brought on the field. He brought leadership. He made it happen. 
uh, he, he's a good player. We talked about him all season long during the soccer campaign. Uh, he, he, he brought it every time he suited up. So, yeah, I'm, I'm excited for him. I'm excited for Caldwell. You know, there's been rough times at Caldwell. They, they, they haven't had, you know, a lot of success. They had it on the soccer field, and now they get one of their own is going to be named Gatorade Player of the Year. First time that's ever happened. That's got to be exciting. That's going to be so cool. That's uh, tomorrow night, Wednesday, the 5th at halftime of the Columbia Caldwell yeah. boys basketball game. So uh, let's, let's move on to, to girls basketball. If we, sure. if we glance at the five ASIC standings, we see Timberline and Bora at the top Wayne and those two schools just kind of co-hosted a, a winter tournament, the Timber lion tournament that took place this past week. There was, there was a lot of good competition there. You know, I was so involved with that North-South challenge that I, it was right there coinciding together. So I had a hard time following everything like that. And I'm sorry, I don't mean to be nasty, but you got to go to idlesports.com to find the scores because the paper we got here, not, not getting it done. Okay. I mean, it's okay paper, but it's just not getting it done where the high schools are concerned. So you were telling me an interesting thing. We talked earlier today on the phone about stuff where Timberline and, and, and Bora, they co-hosted it, but they had some teams that were Timberline finally lost the game. And Bora beat the team that beat Timberline. So it tells you that these guys are pretty good. Yeah. So the way that worked was Timberline was undefeated coming into their game with Coeur d'Alene yeah. and they, they lost to the, and Coeur d'Alene's a good team, right? They, they went to state last year. They have, they have uh, two really dynamic players in Skylar Burke and Maddie Simmons. And yep. um, they lost to Coeur d'Alene 56 to 48. Well, Bora on the final day of the tournament, third game in three days, beat Coeur d'Alene. 51 to 44. So you're thinking, okay, hmm. Bora beat Coeur d'Alene. Timberline lost to Coeur d'Alene. That would give Bora the hypothetical edge in a showdown with Timberline. Those two teams haven't played yet, or, or they, they played back in, in November, but it was second game of the year. The one that counts for the conference is coming up on the 8th. That's uh, this Saturday. So you would think Bora would have the advantage there. But then you look at the other common opponent they played, Hillcrest, which is a 4A team that's kind of struggling uh, hmm. over, over in the East this year, Wayne. Bora lost to Hillcrest in a low scoring game, 41 to 36 and Timberline ran Hillcrest out of the gym, 70 to 31. So I, I don't know what to make of it. <laughs> See, that's the thing. I don't know what to make of it either. And you talked about that game on the eighth at Timberline, Bora at Timberline. I'll be calling that game here on idosports.com. So I'm looking forward to that. That'll be fun to do, but you're right. So Bora beats, it's really interesting. Hillcrest ends up beating Timberline. It's Timberline's only loss of the year. They're 12-1 overall. Bora beats Coeur d'Alene. Coeur d'Alene is 12-1. That was their only loss was to Bora. So, yeah, these two teams are, are highly ranked. Timberline's number one. Coeur d'Alene's number two. You got all this stuff going on. So I don't know what to make of it. Now, the Saturday game, I will say this. I am always kind of a home team kind of guy. Not that I'm rooting for the home team, but I'm always saying I think the home team always has a huge advantage, especially in basketball. It just seems to be that way. So um, Timberline, I think, will probably beat Bora on Saturday night. But you know what? That game's 6 o'clock. If you want to listen to it, Clay Hatfield and I will have it. You can tune in at 6 o'clock and give it a listen. We'll see what happens. The the one big question uh, Bora will have for Timberline is how do you stop uh, – Sophia Glancy inside. She's six two, and she is a, a fantastic player. And so that's going to be uh, key number one for Bora. Uh, Timberline did win the first game of the year in their season opener, forty four to thirty seven. So pretty pretty tight ball yeah, game. That one was at Bora, so you know yeah. that yeah, you go there. As far as how do you stop her? You know the thing of it is when you have a great player like her, and then she's surrounded by equally great players. 
it's almost impossible to stop. You just have to basically slow her down. If you can slow her down, uh, and maybe that's what you do. Maybe use a little bit of a clock strategy where you take longer possessions or whatever. I don't know what the case may be, but you're going to have to shorten the game down a little bit and not give them as many possessions. I sound like a football guy right now, but uh, I think that's going to be true in this basketball game Saturday night. Yeah, Bora, uh, their head coach, George Rodriguez, doing a great job with that Lions program this year. So, Wayne, you mentioned that's the game you're doing on Saturday. Give us the give us the broadcast schedule for the week because, man, you you got some good games coming up. Well, again, tonight we've got, you know, Mountain View at Eagle, and that, that game should be interesting. You know, I thought it was going to be better when we looked at it. Eagle's not bad. Mountain View, you know, the defending state 5A champs, but they lost Naya Ajuku to a, a knee injury earlier on in the year, as we talked about. So they've been down a little bit trying to figure out how to get that back. But that should be fun tonight, so I'll be doing that one. And then on Friday night, we have a really interesting game. It's a boys' basketball game. It's Mountain View at Meridian. It's not only a tight game for two pretty good teams right now. I mean, they are right there. And like you mentioned, Meridian's 3-0. and And uh, where's Mountain View? I'm losing all my, my stats here. They're, they're undefeated as well. They're also 3-0. and so They're all 3-0. So look at – thank you. Appreciate you bailing me out there. So it's going to be a big game. But it becomes bigger because it's for the stinky sneaker. Now, a guy named Randy Fout started this a little over 14 years ago. He was a teacher, assistant principal at both schools. He kind of worked both schools. And what he noticed about basketball games is that there was nobody was there. There was no spirit. You know, I got spirit. How about you? You know, and so he said, let's get some spirit going. So he got together this stinky sneaker thing and they make a big deal out of it. Okay. They've got a trophy and it's a spirit award that goes. So the basketball game is one thing, but then afterwards they have a group of people that announce who the winner of the spirit award, the stinky sneaker award goes to which student body it goes to. So they've gone from like having maybe 800, 900, 1,200 people at a game, depending on how good the teams were, to having well over 3,000. So Friday night at Meridian Gym, I'm going to be right there courtside, and it's going to be like the only seat that I'm going to be able to have because the place will be jam-packed, and it'll be a fun, exciting game, and it starts at 7.30. So that'll be a cool one to do. And we'll see who gets the stinky sneaker. I think Meridian has dominated that. They've had... And it's all about good spirit, not just yelling loud. It's about being smart spirit. Right. Yeah, that for sure. Be, be smart, not loud. Well, you <laughs> want to be loud, but smart as well. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Okay. So if you want to see the full schedule of games that uh, we're going to be doing, Wayne will be doing audio-only broadcasts. We'll have some video broadcasts this week as well. Uh, just uh, go to idahosports.com and click on the Game Streams tab right across the top of the homepage, and that'll show you the whole broadcast schedule for the week and for the rest of the season. And friendly reminders, we're talking about things. Um, you may be listening to this podcast again. We're recording this Tuesday afternoon. You may be listening to this on Wednesday, Thursday, or even Friday, and the stuff we're talking about may be out of date. Well, you can go to idahosports.com each and every day for all the latest scores and schedules. And uh, also, uh, if you uh, want to listen to any of the games that Wayne is calling, you can do so by clicking uh, on the game streams tab and clicking on the archives. And you can yeah. go back and listen to all these overtime thrillers that Wayne's done this year. Yeah, exactly. I, I know I was talking to some of the guys and they were saying they went back and got that four overtime game because they wanted to hear it. And it was exciting. And that place, by the way, it was on December 21st. And I thought, well, we won't have anybody here. You know, that it was a jam-packed gymnasium. You couldn't hear yourself think four overtimes. It was fantastic ball. And by the way, I didn't mention that I will be doing that. I, well, I talked about it, but the uh, Timberline game 
Timberline and Bora girls game at six o'clock on Saturday night. And by the way, yeah, some of the stuff may be outdated, but I'm outdated. So, you know, I mean, you know, it, it still works. Never. You're always in style, Wayne. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, thank you for tuning in to uh, another edition of the SIC PrepCast. We'll be here each and every week moving forward. Fingers crossed. No more uh, illnesses. No more hiccups. All that good yep. stuff. So yep. um, enjoy the games uh, this week, everybody. And we'll see you back here next time. For Wayne Dezubak, I'm Brandon Bainey. Thanks for tuning in to the SIC PrepCast on IdahoSports.com.